Welcome to the show. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, players, coaches, fans, announcers, scorekeepers, uh, bat boys, bat girls, clubbies, groundskeepers, uh, manual scoreboard people, for those of you in old school stadiums, and anyone else, uh, hello to all of you and to my fellow umpires, most of us, uh, our regular and post-seasons are done at this point reached the end of July, uh, beginning of August. There are still some, uh, I don't think there's any sanctioned stuff going on. I think that all wrapped up towards the beginning of July, but I know some states run well into the summer with their high school and, and college. Now we've got summer league stuff. So guys, if you're out there working, please stay hydrated. Um, we don't need to hear about, I hate hearing about anybody going down, but especially umpires going down um, due to heat. So please guys, if you're working summer ball, Take care of yourselves. I'm Bernie. Josh is with me. Josh, episode 13, Ball Strikes and Bourbon. Oh. Welcome back as usual. Yeah, well, 13, huh? You know, you know, we're going on, and I just knew. Being, I mean, we're right at the end of July, right at the beginning of August. And I just knew you were mentioning all these people that you were going to mention my, my favorite people this time of year. And, and I... I don't like correcting you. I try not to because normally I don't have to. I want to correct you. There is one sanctioned league that's hot and heavy right now. It's fixing to get even hotter. Do you that remember what you... Major League Baseball? No, no, no sir. <laughs> it is Little League time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love... We, there's not Little League around my area anymore. I played it when I was a kid. Uh no, I love whenever I start popping up in ESPN and there's Little League World Series time. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's watch some Little League World Series. You know, it's it's great. I get to see uh, amateur umpires as myself, you know, just like myself, out there working. But they are working in heat that I, I'm not going to say I refuse to do it, but. Um, oh, I'll, I, I, I say it. I won't, I won't do it. Yeah, no, I refuse to no. do it. It's, a, it's 100 no, degrees here today. And it feels like it's 106. And I'm up in the mountains. Uh, the rest of Arkansas, I mean, you, you get below the, the Arkansas River, where I'm originally from. It's, it's 102, 103 down there, 105. It feels like it's 112. So, well, yeah. The, the only thing I'm going to say about Little League World Series, it's a hot-button topic for, for any umpiring group. Sure. Yeah. Um, I will say this: if you're um, if you're an umpire and you're out here listening to this show and you're like, "Oh, little league," because a, a knee jerk reaction in ninety percent of the umpiring groups I'm in, little league World Series umpires, but I'm watching them and they're terrible. This, there, a third. Oh yeah. Number one, these are not kids getting scouted. These are not college players. These are not professional ball players. These are not kids that have been playing for 10, 15 years. These are twelve year olds, and these guys are out there, as we mentioned, in in the heat of the dead middle of summer for free. These guys are volunteering to umpire in the little league world series. So unless you're willing to volunteer your time to travel, be away from your family and sweat your ass off (laughs) to umpire children's baseball games, 
I don't want to hear a word of your criticism about someone who is volunteering to umpire children's baseball games. That's all I'm going to say. We'll say this. I'm going to put it, I'm going to just go a little bit more blunt. I don't give a shit about your opinion of a Little League umpire strike zone or his outer safe call. I do not care. If you post it in my group, the group that you help with as well, any of my groups in Facebook, if I see any of that, unless it's just a, an honest question, hey, don't, I mean, he made this call, I see this, let's discuss it. That's great. I think we can. Oh, yeah. 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 If it's but a if legitimate. It's, if I see a, a, a screenshot of a, a strike call on a, on a ball that may or may not have been outside, I will ban you. And it's just because of what you just said, those guys, and, and to qualify to work for the, the Little League World Series, those guys cannot be paid during the regular season either. During this. And I, I believe, isn't there a thing that's, like, you can't be paid, period. Oh, isn't there as a long as it's a Little League-sanctioned game, they cannot be paid for. Now, those guys, a lot of those okay. guys will work high school, and yes, they can, they can take pay yeah. there. They can work other sanctions, but uh, and and I'm speaking like I've done it before, but I'm just going off of what I've read and seen. And if, I think Brian Henry listens to our podcast, and he can correct us if we're wrong. Um, but I believe as long as it's just not a little league sanction game, then you can get paid for it. If it's little league sanction, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, if it's little league sanction and you take pay, you cannot qualify for the little league world series. So, so yeah, Little League World Series rant over. Okay. I don't want to hear your shit. Right. And I'm ready to watch. I, I love watching those kids play ball. It's most of the time they're pretty yeah. good games. Sometimes they're not. I mean, it's 12 year old baseball, I and mean, it's it's a roll of the dice. You know, you might have a good game, you might have a blowout, and you may. I mean, who knows? They're 12 year olds. I just uh, I love that ESPN gives us a glimpse into youth baseball like that. Um, I love watching big league, little league, all of that. I even watch the Cal Ripken. But anyway. Love it, um, and um, I can't wait to, to see it. So anyway, hey, man, it's been another one more real cool thing I did see, uh, I think last year or the year before in the League World Series. I was I turned on, I saw some highlight, I don't know if it was on TV or, or something online, and it was a play at second, and I was like, why are we showing this random highlight of a steal at second base? And the head coach for, for the, he, I think it was an out call, and the head coach for the, would have been the defense, the offensive team. He comes out, and he it was a close play. And and there I'm like, why are they showing this play? An out call, a semi close out call. It's close in youth sports. Out call at second base, and then they they move the camera from the head coach to the second base umpire, and it was major league umpire Alan Porter. Yeah, I who, loved it. <laughs> was working second base. And I, I think uh, Jerry Davis did it a few years ago. Chris Guccione, I believe, did it. A couple major, some ma- bunch of major league guys have done it. But I say a bunch, a handful of major league guys have have stepped in and, and worked a game or two of the Little League World Series. So I think that's, that's really And cool. <clears throat> I'm not a big fan of the rumor mill, but rumor mill is turning out a rumor that I believe Corey Blazer will be there this year. Don't hold me to that. Um, I read something the other day that um, – that kind of hints towards that. And so, and I believe there's going to be a triple A guy that's going to be umpiring this year. And I, apparently that's been a thing before 
two. It's actually more common than an MLB guy. They'll get a AAA guy come out there and, and uh, hang out with the umpires and then go call a game with them. So pretty neat. I love, I love how that works out. That's pretty a good uh, a good clue if if you're listening um, a good clue to um, see hey, who what major league umpire might be working the little league world series uh, look at the crews working in uh, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good pretty good indicator that's like past couple of years that was the case so uh, but you know that's always really cool to see is is you know and and what's okay back back on my soapbox for thirty seconds. Those of you who say, well, that's little league, it's it's bullshit. I'm 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 above that. If a major league crew chief, Alan Porter or Jerry Davis, is willing to volunteer their time to go out and do that, um, then you're you're not above that. Um, if you have so, that mentality, that's it. I, I really don't want to walk on the field with you because. No, if no. you will just umpires listen to me, coaches even, oh, just anybody, zoom out just a little bit, okay? Zoom out from your perspective, zoom out from your world, and realize how small you are. I mean, I umpire high school baseball in Northwest Arkansas. I am a nobody. <laughs> I mean, seriously, um, zoom out just a little bit, and my, I, I got. Do a podcast. I'm on Facebook. I mean, when I zoom out, just a just a tad. I mean, it it doesn't take long to realize how small I am, and and my impact and my my reach and all of that. Um, my reach may be bigger than some, but it's smaller than a lot. There's people out there that have a bigger reach and impact yeah. than me. So be a little humble. If, if Little League World Series called me tomorrow and said, "Hey, man," Oh, you had an umpired little league ever? Or well, actually, I have I had an umpired little league since two thousand six. Um, would you come to the little league world series? <laughs> I'd be packing bags, making scheduling yeah, vacation. Like, what what yeah. times the game start? What? Yeah, who's on my crew so I can make sure that we're, we're you know, <laughs> that's we're the way I'd do yeah. it in a heartbeat. Yeah, uh, but that's that little league world series. We put a put a bow on it, put it in a box, put it in the drawer. Uh, next order of business, probably, arguably, the most important it's not, order. There's of no business. argument here. <laughs> it's it is. It's a. Uh, it, it, what's in your What's in your glass tonight? I what, am. What are you sipping on tonight? I'm going back to the basics for me. I'm going. I'm making it simple tonight. I'm just drinking Woodford Reserve, great bourbon. Eat. That's that's my go-to. I know yours is Maker's Mark. Mine's Woodford. Yeah. Super consistent for me. So um, nothing nothing surprising. Nothing out of this world. When it comes to any any variation oh. of wood. Any it's, or just straight. It is the Woodford Reserve. Wood. Yeah, it is the flagship flagship uh, line. My my maybe later depends on how long this show takes. My into that double oak bottle, but uh, just just the basic wood for tonight. What about you, sir? I am um, well. I run, and if, guys, we don't coordinate this. We we pick a time. We say we're going to be recording this show, uh, and we get on. I am drinking my go-to Maker's Mark. Nice. Uh, 
I am drinking. Uh, I'm not drinking their base, the base makers, though. I'm drinking Cask Strength, um, which is a it's batch twenty zero four. It's a hundred nine proof, and let's see. Uh, makers doesn't put a lot of other details on their bottles, um, but yeah. So if you're if you're out there and you drink and you've got a bottle of Cask Strength Makers, if it's twenty oh four, cheers to you. I guess we're uh, bottle twins or some <laughs> shit. And it, you may have to excuse me. I'm trying to um, so that's, uh, scarf down a little dinner. That's why I'm running a little late today. Um, we we actually just drove in from hometown, which is about three hours uh, to south from here, south southeast. But um, made it in around you know two o'clock. I uh, grabbed a little nap. Out the yard, started dinner, and uh, uh, but I made made one of my. I'm not going to call it a signature dish yet. It's a good. It's a good one. I've made it a couple of times, and it's it's, it's a Cajun pasta, and I mean it's yeah, it's it really is great. Uh, not not to toot my own horn, but uh, toot toot, you know. Um, yeah. I- Cajun oh. seasoning and anything Cajun yeah. season or Cajun style. The problem we have in our house is my wife oh, and I are both allergic yeah. to shellfish. So we these play, we have these places where it's like, oh, this is great Cajun food. And then we get there and we're like, hey, let me take a look at the menu because I'm not the guy that's like, make us something special for me. Like, no, let me look at your menu and see what you got that I can eat and I'll order that. And, and it's like, oh, they have one dish. Like, I can oh, order man. biscuits. You know? <laughs> You know, so some some Cajun places in this area are, are frustrating. But it, if I find a place that's got some, an offering that doesn't include, you know, shrimp, lobster, gotcha. crab, whatever. Well, see, what I like yes. about this thing, yes. this dish, um, I don't even have a name for it, but um, you you just render down some bacon from cold, like you put it in the pan in the skillet cold. I use a cast iron skillet. Use whatever you want, but and and render it down. And once it once it gets pretty much well done, you know, just keep. Slow cook it. It may take ten or fifteen minutes, you know. But uh, just chop up the bacon and throw it in there. But then I, I I brown some chicken breasts, some thin cut chicken breasts. Fully cook them, just brown them. But then I throw in onions and garlic, minced garlic. You know, a stick of butter or whatever, and I make a roux. And not a real thick roux. It's almost like a gravy, really, but. And then uh, add in some chicken broth and, and heavy whipping cream and kind of make a cream sauce, almost like Alfredo sauce. And, and finish the chicken and that Alfredo sauce for like 25 minutes. And throw the bacon back in there and then throw your noodles. I do my noodles al dente. I just do some penne pasta al dente, throw it in there. And slam it with Parmesan cheese. And dude, uh, my my Cajun seasoning that I use is Tony Sachery's. It's just the, you know, go-to. Uh, but you can you can do whatever you want, Creole style, you know, Cajun style, whatever. And I'm telling you, good stuff. I'm I'm sitting here um, trying to choke it down while we're recording this this episode, actually. So I'm uh, I'm not eating. You're a professional. I, but I did. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I did I did mow the yard today. We did go on a little trip today. So yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Mirrored it's small mirrored world when you today. really start uh, looking at things. We all we all pretty common. The most part, yeah. Yeah. So on to on to umpiring. What do we got on deck today? What are we? 
What are we going to help, uh, I don't want to say educate, but what are we going so, to I, shed some light on? I, this is today? Toss around. kind of, I didn't pair my whiskey, or bourbon with my meal, because I don't really know that I have a bourbon paired with that one yet, and there may not be one, So, but I did pair my bourbon with this episode. I went kind of back to my basics, and, and I want to talk about something that's kind of basic. Um, for some of you that listen to us, been umpiring for a while this may be i mean it may may feel like we're reading tire sizes to you here in a minute but let's talk about umpire gear um umpire apparel how to select what's best for you let's talk about some things that 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 i like Uh, let's talk about some things that you like and maybe some things that we we've tried and didn't like um just things like that and then and also how to protect that and and get the the most bang for our buck out of our out of our gear um, because um, I don't know anyone I've never umpired with a guy that says I can't wait to I want to I want to buy gear every year because we just don't it just it doesn't make sense to it's yeah expensive and we want to make it last and we want to buy we want to get what we need what we like best be great if we could do it in the first whack so we didn't have to buy something and try it out and not like it and waste the money. So maybe maybe something we say tonight um, will strike a chord with somebody and, and help them either pick something that's that's great for them, maybe it even helps them save a buck, and maybe it helps them um, get last as well. So uh, it's, that's uh, it's kind of a, a basic yeah. topic, but it, I think it's a good topic to, to sit around and discuss. I don't, honestly, I don't think there's enough talk about it at it camps it, it honestly in my experience it has become more of a topic um especially when we start talking about some of the under supports and and under protection that we wear the stuff that the the fans and and uh coaches and all those don't see i think that has been talked i've, I've noticed because you know, there's you know you got nutty buddy and M, the the diamond mma cups and all this stuff these new these kind of newer uh companies come out and people trying to specialize in these these areas, you see a lot of uh, specialization in in dry cooling, um, under you know Under Armour's dry and Nike's dry fit and all that stuff. Uh, so people trying to specialize in it. So that talk has increased a little bit, but it's never been a real major topic because at camps, what do we got to cover? We got to cover rules, positioning, mechanics, um, handling situations, all that type of stuff that. That are probably a little bit higher up on the priority list, so we can uh, we can cover a topic that doesn't get talked about enough, and and talk about it tonight. I've found that uh, those discussions about that type of gear, undershirts, uh, compression shorts, tights, socks, cups, whatever, those discussions often come about yep, in right. in locker rooms, right? Somebody's put something on, you're like, "What the fuck are you wearing?" Oh, I tried this. I started trying this, and you know, I've, I've been wearing it. I'm not chafing, or the my shin guards aren't rubbing right, or I got hit last week and I didn't feel it. This, that, or the third, or this T-shirt keeps, you know, keeps it cool, but it, it doesn't. You know, my 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 chest protector's not getting so so drenched with sweat either. It's just you know that kind of comes up almost organically, just because somebody sees That's something somebody's wearing is like, what is that? I've never seen it. But, you know, and, and to your point, you know, at a camp, depending on the level of camp you go to, uh, camps and clinics, 
I don't want to say it's it's understood, but a lot of times it's just assumed. Like you're there, you've got your yep. shit already. You've got what works for you gear wise at a, at a camp or clinic, and and not to discredit any instructors. They every camp or clinic I've been to has had great instructors, but they just go, okay, these guys are umpires who I'm teaching new stuff about umpiring. Um, your brand new people, your your clinics and camps that are geared towards brand new people, I have seen that discussion. You know, I've seen a couple hours worth of yeah. how to. They definitely gear, cover how to, how to wear gear, it, how to how to wear it, how to this that. You know, when the audience is brand new people, but you know, once it's it it can't it it would never hurt to have something like that for those of us that have been doing it for you know, fifteen twenty years, but. It's just not like you said. There's just not enough time in a weekend to cover rules and field work and cage work and evaluations and eat yeah, meals right. and sleep. Well, you know, and, you, uh, you brought up beer. a good point, and it, it kind of uh, it kind of realigned my brain here because one thing that I've noticed, I'm I'm 20 plus years in. I'm, I'm just finished my 21st season, and I would say about 15 or 16 years in, I realized that I'm I'm back to amateur. Well, I'm still amateur, so. Uh, let me go. Let me rephrase that. I'm back to to greenhorn or, or rookie status when it comes to my gear because I see these get new guys, or younger guys come in and they have all this different gear and I'm sitting there looking at my old gear and I'm like, well, that looks nice. And man, his shin guards look nice. Look, but what I have yeah. was it was it was the good stuff, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. So I found myself about probably about five years ago four or five yeah. years ago and started slowly updating all of my everything there's not a thing in my as far as personal protection equipment ppe there's not a thing in my bag that's probably older than five years now i've got some you know, i've got some indicators and plate brushes and you know yeah stuff like that that's oh i've got yeah, I've yeah. got an indicator so, but, that I remember being but given. But my point when was, was there was a there was an overhaul period for me about fifteen years in, and and it's not like I didn't update some things that, along the way and buy some new stuff and replace stuff that broke and all that. But I'm just talking about some of the core the foundational stuff. I was sitting there going, man, I'm outdated. I'm I'm that uh you know I'm I I need to up. It's time to upgrade, and it's it's not about a. It wasn't a status quo thing for me. It was, hey, that thing offers more protection. And and honestly, I think that needs to be kind of the foundation of what we talk about tonight. Yeah. Not, right. I mean, yes, the protection is important. It's the most important. But also some of the, you know, there's some there's some minor things that are actually, some you know, especially with your association, there may be big things. Um, our association's big on throat protection, you know, and... and uh, and, well, and color of pants and color of uh, yeah. uniform, you know that that type of thing um, is is it's in the big grand scheme of things. When, like I said earlier, when you zoom out, it's really not that huge of an issue, you know, nationwide with umpires, but locally, maybe a big thing. And and if it is a big thing with your association, then you need to take it serious because your association takes it serious. And and the thing too is. Just because, you know, getting new gear and uniforms does not necessarily need to be I want the newest, coolest thing. I got. If what you have is working for you and you like it and it offers prote similar protection or, or, or whatnot, comfort to the new model, there's still something to be said for getting a newer 
version of what you have. Just getting the, just, hey, I, I've been wearing this chest protector for 15 years. Maybe I should get a new one. I love it. It's been great. It, it's been great for me. I want another one just like it. But getting a newer one will give you more comfort and protection because something that has pads, a chest protector, a mask, things like that, over time, with you sweating, it doesn't matter how well you wash it or take care of it, those pads eventually will lose their springiness and they're going to break down the, the foam in them. They just will. So getting a new one, getting a uh, new gear doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I'm ditching my... My Wilson Platinum and going over here. No, just get a new Wilson Platinum. But you've been umpiring right. for, for how many, you know, you've, you work in Florida Heat. You've been umpiring four or 500 games a year in the Florida Heat for the mm. past six years. That Wilson Platinum has seen probably half of those are behind the plate. So you're talking, you know, a couple thousand, 2,500 games in that Wilson Platinum. Maybe it's time to get another one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just had a... Uh umpire retire out of our association he was a former president and uh he he served as officer in other positions as well and uh i was working a game with him last year his last season and uh, well i guess year before last 2022 anyway um he he broke out his gear i mean everybody knows he has an old carl lucci chest protector that things it may be older than me i'm not real sure the blue one yeah, yeah, since yeah. you picture it, yeah. That's well, it. Ted, Ted Barrett used to wear that. He still does, I think. He, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, but yeah, yeah, that was his. But that, Well, I he mean, retired. But that's true, you're right. Yeah, I wouldn't even think about it. He did until he retired is what I, I guess I was meaning. But but anyway, um, Steve, the guy I was working with, um, retiring, said, I, I, I can't even sell my gear. Because <laughs> we were talking about his retirement. We can do it with, with all your stuff. Are you just going to throw it away? Because uh, he was saying, I can't even sell my gear when I retire because it's so old. And I was looking, I was like, you can sell that chest protector to me right now. <laughs> I'll buy it. <laughs> and uh, he finished the season. He called and said, hey, Zub, you still want that Carl Lucci? I said, hell yes. How much you want for it? He said, if you come get it, you can have it. Dude, I was in the truck like before I could hit end. I'll take that old chest protector. But But my point was, wore that thing for no telling how long. I don't know how long he had it, but it worked for him. So there was no need to go out and get the newest, best thing if he had enough protection from that and it was working for him. Yeah. Um, so as, as long as it works for you and it protects you, it's okay to not have the newest thing. It's like a truck. There's always going to be a newer, better truck than the one you buy. And if you go out tomorrow and buy the newest best truck i don't care if you went out and spent two hundred thousand dollars the newest best truck that you could go buy it will not be long and it's not the newest best truck out there so just be wise about it if it works for you the the key all equipment that you buy especially your under protection stuff it needs to protect you cover you and be comfortable if you can cover those yeah. three things, there's other there's other components as well. But if it's causing you to chafe, the especially youth guys, if you're listening, that the umpire of these UCSA tournaments, God bless you, because especially if you're fixing a kick up fall ball tournament uh, season here in Arkansas, especially it begins at the end of August and runs through the beginning of October. It's still going to be 100 degrees through there. Um, and these guys are these are these jokers out there. 
putting in four to six games a day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They'll do three plates and three fields. I wouldn't do it. It's not because I'm above it. I just refuse. And I'm not judging if you do it um, because I have done it, um, but I I don't do it now. But uh, my point is if you have a chest protector or a, a jock strap or chin guards or whatever that's causing you to chafe and making your life miserable for those two or two and a half days that you're umpiring on the weekends, you might need to look at either replacing it or readjusting it. And so... Let's kind of let's yeah. kind of dive in. Let's go. Let's go to the beginning. What's where do you? I mean, how does a guy who let's say we got a eighteen year old kid right out of high school? Um, Hell, even you know, look. I mean, half of these guys start with yeah. I see guys putting up pictures. Hey, me and my kid. He's fifteen. Yeah. He's sixteen. But my point is, he has umpire. no connection to yeah. umpiring. He, his dad wasn't an umpire. His uncle wasn't one. He. Oh yeah where, yeah. where does he where does he buy how does he get a hold of some gear? What does he do to, right. to do so if you're brand new to umpiring, um, or you're you're listening to this and you're wanting to get into it, right? First of all, reach out, we can get you in touch with with show you how to find your local state association or, or, or whatnot. But as far as getting gear and uniforms, there are dozens of sites online to get gear and uniforms. Unfortunately, we are a very niche industry and there's not a lot of places to get stuff in person unless you happen to live near a, a distributor or manufacturer of umpiring gear. It's just, you officiate, there's no store. It's like, hey, they sell officiating gear. You know, it's this and this. They don't. Every once in a while, Dick Sporting Goods or Hibbit Sports may sell some super cheaply made off-brand umpire shirts or referee black and whites. I see them every once in a while. But but first of all, let's talk about the most obvious, the most identifying thing of, of gear, and that, that is the shirt. Umpiring is an investment. Officiating is an investment. The shirt you get is, number one, it's what identifies you as who you are. And number two, it is the first impression that is made. People, if you have a pair of pants and it's got a couple wrinkles, I'm not talking about it looks like you pull it out of a trash can, but but if if you work two or three games that day and your pants have, you know, you only have, you, nobody has, I don't want to say nobody, but I don't know anybody who has 8, 10, 12 pairs of pants. Right. So if it's your third, fourth game of the day, your pants have been worn a couple games, you've worn them for two plates, maybe it's your second base or something, that's different. But if you... Your shirt is going to collect the most sweat. Your shirt's going to be stretched if you if you wear it behind the plate. Your shirt's going to show the most dust, dirt, and wrinkles. So when you're, you're getting an umpire shirt, you want to get it made of a material that is easily washable, a material that feels decent against your skin. You're going to wear an undershirt, usually, all the time. I'll say... There's sometimes I'm on the bases. If it's hot, I'm not wearing an undershirt. Yeah. Most associations require you to wear an undershirt. I work for one that says if you wear an undershirt, it has to be black because it's it's Florida and it's a thousand degrees. <laughs> uh, but your shirt's going to show that sweat, that wrinkle. So get something that's made by by a quality manufacturer. I'm not going to pimp any particular companies that sell them because that, I'm not paid by them. But I'll tell you this: Smitty, great shirts. 
Uh, I don't own any shirts that aren't Smitty. I don't think I know anybody these days who has any that aren't Smitty. I still have. If you have, I've got a um, uh, plus pause. That's it's kind of dating me. That's that's a throwback right there. And, and you remember the plastic masks they made? <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons they're out of business. Are almost out of business, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but they actually had some decent gear before they tried that stunt. They, they, plus pause used to have a chest protector that looked like samurai yes. armor. Oh remember yeah, it had all the little metal pieces. Two two straps. <laughs> one went around your, right above your elbow, and one went right below your shoulder. Held that thing in place. Yeah, and it uh, it was like uh, like eighty pounds or something. That probably no, but eighty it, pounds. But it was, uh, on a at the end of a July day, it maybe eighty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> they had plus pause had the these plate shoes. Oh man, that were like bricks. They were heavy, but you know what? You would get drilled. You wouldn't feel a thing. What I had, I kicked a catcher one time wearing those things. Didn't even know that I kicked him because you can't feel. I actually, it. actually, yeah. I kicked him on the inside of the ankle, trying to get out from behind him. You know, and I really, I honestly did not feel it. It almost felt like I just kind of stubbed my toe into the ground. Like you know, I felt my foot kind of stop, and that was it. And that I look back, and the kid's grabbing his ankle like somebody hit him with a hammer. You know. Yeah. Well, and I got things like, well, I guess I probably did because, but yeah, those things were heavy and and thick and hot. Oh my gosh, they were so hot. You 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 didn't realize that you get back to the the locker room after the game, you take them off, and those things like someone dropped a water balloon in them and uh, just full of sweat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. when it comes to for, uh, yeah, well, and, shirts and too. I mean, let's think about it. My first game, I didn't even have to gear up. It was a uh, it wasn't a T-ball, but it was like a coach pitch or a machine pitch or something along those lines. I can't really – I think it was machine pitch back then. Um, I wasn't gearing up, and I needed uh, I needed a shirt because that was the first piece of umpire equipment that I bought because I didn't need pants. I was able to wear shorts. I, I think I wore some – just some gym shorts. I uh, wore my tennis shoes and uh, some just some regular socks and – and I don't even think I had a hat. If I did have a hat, it was it was one of the hats in my closet, which was not an umpire hat. And uh, I just needed a shirt because I was at a city league park. Um, and the most identifying piece of apparel or gear that you're going to wear that identifies you as an umpire is that shirt. Um, back when I started, it was the navy blue or the light blue. Navy blue for baseball, light blue for mm-hmm. softball. And that was your identifying markers. Um uh, and as time has progressed, it was black for baseball, still light blue or some variation of light blue for softball. And, and as time progresses, it's changing. You know, it's, it's ever-changing. Um, but regardless of the color, regardless of the times, that shirt is going to be the most um, identifying part of what you buy. I mean, I can go back to whenever I was playing as a kid. The umpires wore... Um, I'm blanking on the name uh, on the brand name of the button button up uh, El shirt. With, yeah, there you go. And they have a sweater vest. If it was cool enough, they wear a sweater vest. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I, I remember umpires wearing in that back in the day. And so yep. and and that was just in the late '80s, early '90s. So it wasn't that long ago. But um, how things have changed, and 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 they will continue to progress and change. But one thing that hasn't changed is that shirt. That is, Another. Uh, an identifying um, piece of equipment. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say another another good brand is Jerry Davis. 
but with a G. Yeah, I was going to mention that I have a Jerry Davis shirt. Um, yep. I don't know. I and, think that and, thing shrunk in the dryer. Um, I don't any, wear it. I don't care what the label says. Any material <laughs> you buy something from is going to shrink over time. No, I is, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the material guys, that's shrinking or me expanding. <laughs> well, yeah. guys, if you can though, shirts and shirts and uh, pants. When I when I'm laundering them, you know, cool, gentle, for the wash, low heat. I only dry them for maybe five minutes, five six minutes in the dryer to you get can them, do that get now with warmth. Your, yeah. And then you have. yeah, I pull them out, hang them. Uh, if I can, the pants, the get the hangers that have the clips, the solid clips, so you can hang them, hang them high enough that you can. Uh, Hang them with the bottom of the pant leg, the hem up, waist down. As they dry, um, it'll that weight and the warmth from the dryer that's already in there will will help release the wrinkles. And then shirts that just hang the shirts to dry, um, because over time, anything put in the dryer over and over and over is going to fade. And well, not not fade, sorry, it's going to shrink. It doesn't matter what they say. This material is shrink proof. It's already pre shrunk. It's gonna it's gonna shrink a little bit. Uh, so I hang dry oh. everything, and and one of the best ways to actually get your 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 laundered is dry cleaning, of course. And I know it's expensive and time consuming because you drop it off on Tuesday, you could pick it up at best Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. So, um, what I try to do during the high school season because it's not super hot up here at that time. A lot of times we're wearing jackets or you know some warming clothes of some sort. We're not sweating a whole lot. Try not to even wash them unless I've fallen down or my the cuff of my pant, you know, the hem of my pants has gotten dirty. Or um, I try not yeah. to even wash them uh, because, just like anything else, washing clothes that's that's where they really get worn. You know, they get they get abused the most in a washing machine and a dryer. So the the least you can wash them, the better. Now I know that's impossible when you're working summer ball and all that because um, last time I worked a summer game. It looked like I had urinated in my pants about seven times. Uh, I mean, I had sweat stains yeah. all the way down to the top of my knees. It was so hot, you know. So I get that that's impossible in those those situations. And like Bernie said, just a, a gentle wash cycle, gentle dry, dry for maybe five ten minutes at the most on some low heat, hang dry, really helps preserve the outer layer because I don't care if you spent a thousand dollars. On new shin guards, chest protector cup, undergarments, all that stuff. None of that matters if you walk out there and and your outer layer, your pants and your shirt are either really bad shape, wrinkled, and, and don't get me wrong, I need you out there. So it's not like I'm sitting here saying you're you're garbage if you go out there and you you have a wrinkle in your pants. I've gone out there with wrinkled pants before. My pants fell to the bottom of my garment bag one time and I get to the game and I'm like holy crap I didn't clip them off to the hanger and they're wadded up in the bottom so yeah it happens I'm not judging anybody that's walked out there with wrinkled pants but I I am telling you I don't care the circumstance of why your your outer garments were wrinkled you walk out there and you walk out there with wrinkled stuff uh, they're going to notice strike zone a little more they're going to watch and judge and talk about your out safe calls a little more. I don't care what anybody says. Your first appearance does matter. Uh, you can be a really great umpire 
get I'll catch a lot of flack during a game just based on how you look. Yep. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't yeah. think it should be that way, but that's just the way it is. Now you've got you're talking about pants. We talk about Jerry Davis. There are two popular brands of pants. Almost all baseball has gone to charcoal gray. Uh, char- charcoal, I guess it, it's it's not it's it is charcoal is the color. Um, and it cracks me up when people say charcoal gray. Ball. I was like, I've never seen charcoal blue, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> softball, college softball has also gone to charcoal pants. Uh, finally, uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm sure some high school softball organizations have gone to it. Some baseball, I'm still sure, is still wearing heather, uh, the lighter gray. But regardless, Smitty and Jerry Davis. They are almost a monopoly on umpire pants, whether you want charcoal or heather gray. They have pleated. They have flat front. They have the ones that have the uh, elastic waistband. They have uh, the a more athletic cut, not just plate base they have an athletic cut or regular cut um, and I have no preference I wear Smitty pants um, simply because when the last time for me to re-up get some new uniform items they were on sale I've worn Jerry Davis I've worn Smitty it, they're both very good quality uh, they're called poly spandex is the material they're using for them and the uh, the pants are quality stuff so as far as pants go Smitty or Jerry Davis? I don't, I don't know if you have anything else to um, add on those, but I mean that's and that's pretty much the com- uh, standard. And when it comes to color, just follow your association. And most, like I said, most baseball is is charcoal these days, and uh, most of them are polyester spandex, you know, poly spans, and and um, uh, just what you what your your goal is is to look as professional as possible and match your partner. Uh, and so, yeah. hey, I get it. Don't don't let that be a determining factor whether you get out there on the field or not. Don't let don't feel like you're going to be judged and criticized about it uh, from from me. Um, if it's something that you could have prevented, if it was a mistake, then we just talk about it just like any other mistake. Hey, you forgot your your charcoal pants at the house, right? Got to remember your charcoal pants. If it's can't afford charcoal pants, I can't afford a new pair of pants. Then th- that's a different story, right? So you know, it's just it's just. Yeah. Um, I try to look the part um, when it comes to the really the, the most important part to me, the under protection, the shin guards, uh, chest protector, the oh, yeah. cup, uh, the jock supporter, all those things is it's important. I mean, when you buy a pair of pants, you have a measurement that you use. Uh, I'm a 36 inseam with a 34 uh, waist or whatever it is. Um, and of course, well, when you when you buy a pair of pants, you got to go get them hemmed anyway. But when you're buying equipment, it's very important that you know your measurements. But what size, yes. what length shin guards? I, I wear a 17 inch shin guard. I wear a 12 inch chest protector. Uh, I think there's a lot of umpires out there today that don't really know what they're even wearing, and they don't even know their true size. When when you go to buy equipment whatever brand it is wilson all-star 
uh, Force 3, anything. They will have every site that I go to. Oh, fuck it. I'm going to say, you know, Umpatire, Purchase Officials, Jerry Davis, Hudson 51, all those sites. Every site has some version of a sizing chart. You just got to find it on the item page for that specific item, whatever it is. So click on your shin guards. I want to buy these shin guards. Click sizing chart, you know, and it'll tell you this is the size of these shin guards and this is how to measure yourself because the size I wear in my shin guards, the brand I use, which is, I use Wilson Platinum. Um, the sizing for the Wilson Platinums are, I'm certain, extremely different than Diamond or Force 3 or what have you. So make sure but that most of them give you, when you're sizing... give you a little picture how to do it. <laughs> Typically. Yeah. They show you. Measure from here to here. That's your your platinum shin guards. That's what you just said. And, I mean, I'm saying yeah. those I've had... This is my, I'm on my second pair now through my career. I had the early ones. They're the best for me. Just they fit me the best. Yeah, I love them. Um, and here's the thing. Here's the thing too. So we we we've talked about throughout this show, and you'll see this if you're in any umpire group or any circle or 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 locker room or whatever. At the if you're not a minor league, major league, or college World Series umpire, it doesn't matter what minor league, major league, college World Series umpires do. We have to tailor the way we umpire to the quality and, and the gameplay where we're at. Yes. But that's not true for equipment because a kid in a high right. school game, a 16-year-old, because I've seen it, can still be throwing mid-90s. And it doesn't matter. And even low 90s or, or high 80s will put you yeah, down. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter what skill level he has when he's throwing that hard. A major league pitcher throwing 95 and hitting you is the same exact thing as a 16-year-old throwing 95 and hitting you. So yep. the gear... Yep, the, right. Yeah, physics doesn't care how old the players are. Yeah, if, it just, that's just the way it if is. If you see a piece of... If you're unsure, hey, what do I want to wear, and you've seen that, but this is an item that you, you've seen it on TV, some guy behind the plate in a televised college or MLB game is wearing that piece of gear, I can't tell you if it's going to fit you or not. That's, that's a personal thing. But I can tell you... It will keep you safe. Yeah, yeah. If you see that Force Three mask, or you see that that Wilson mask, you see whatever. If it's on TV, it's going to keep you safe. And when it comes, I want to talk about two points real quick. Uh, when it comes to chest protector, I don't care which one you buy. Make sure that it covers below your sternum. I don't care if it covers your belly or not. Um, I, mine doesn't yeah. cover my belly. Um, it stops just below my sternum, right at the top of my belly, right right about the point. My my belly curves out. <laughs> that's where it stops. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, no, convenient. That's right. <laughs> but um, but which the biggest thing? A lot of people worry about that lower part of that chest protector. The biggest part is the upper part. We want it to cover that yeah. collarbone. We want it to feel just a little uncomfortable touching our neck, like not where it's like rubbing us raw there on our neck, but where we can feel it. Uh, we want that pad. I, I wear the the West Vest Gold. It's just been my go-to. The Platinum doesn't work for me. Got that pad with the W yeah. on it, right that's at right, the top. That's right. Um, but the the Platinum. There's I've tried a couple different protectors, and and this is my favorite. It has been, and um, and it has a curled pad, a little rounded pad at the top of the chest protector, and I want that to 
I want to feel that right at the at the right below my Adam's apple. Uh, yep. Female empires right above your right above your sternum, uh, right to where your neck has the the small indention, um, and and not again not like where you feel it all the time, but like when you turn and look around or when you look down, it's there. Um, I see so yep. many guys with that the collar of their chest protector down below their sternum, and like um, just get that thing protected. If if, if your chest protector. Is below the buttons on your umpire yeah. shirt. You're way wearing wrong. it, yeah, you should correctly. And this is not me saying, "Hey, do it my way" or not. This is if a pitch mm. gets in between the mm. bottom of your mask and the top of your chest protector, and you're wearing it that low, you're you, you're going to the hospital. I've been hitting the collarbone one time. It took me out. I was gone. I was done. Yeah, you're done. It, it takes it takes like a. Uh, somebody can look this up. I'm no, I'm, I'm not a biologist, but I remember hearing this before, and I may be wrong on the exact number, but it takes like 12 or 15 pounds of pressure to break your collarbone. It takes 24 pounds to snap it in half. So depending on how direct that pressure hits you, you can break your collarbone. I mean, a baseball going 80, and if it comes off the bat, maybe even 90, 95 plus, 100 plus, especially if you're up in the upper levels of, of baseball, Baseball hitting you square going 100 miles an hour is going to break your collarbone. Yeah. So, yes, it's very important to keep that collarbone protected, that sternum protected. Um, and more important than all of that, your throat protected. Every part of your throat needs to be protected. Um, I, I've, I worked starting out early on back in the early 2000s when I started to work with a guy, Scott, and great umpire, great dude, successful businessman. Um, Owned a very successful investment firm. He took a, a foul ball sharp and direct right back to his um, his throat. Broke his larynx. Um, that was 20 years ago. After several surgeries, he's now has many strokes because of that uh, injury and because of that surgery. All those surgeries, he's probably had 10 or 11 mini strokes now. Um, can barely hardly function anymore. Um, and just to see that happen from a simple baseball injury like that, because he left his chest, he left his uh, throat protector at home and went ahead and went out there and umpired and, and, and took a shot and, and changed his world. It changed his life. It changed, and not only that, it changed his wife's life. It changed his kid's life. It changed everybody that's associated. It changed his employees and his associates. It changed all of their, all of their lives over a such a simple thing and whenever you hear someone like whenever i'm working with a guy that's and he doesn't have a throat protector or at least a mask that protects him I always ask him hey do you have you might want to wear a throat protector do you have one if they don't i'll i'll loan them mine i don't care how stupid it looks wear a throat protector and also guys if you're i'll tell you right i don't wear a throat protector um I wear my my chest protector up real high when I'm I'm in my plate stance. Um, if you have a, a mask that covers it, that's great. Yeah. But if you're wearing a throat protector, and I have done it in the past, and I am tempted to get one again because they're six six bucks, I think, for the shorter ones, and and like eight bucks for the longer ones. Um, do not dangle it from the bottom of your your. So masks, umpire masks have the piece at the bottom is a throat protector of sorts. Yeah, right. No, it is right. They. They didn't used to have that, and they added it for throat protection. If you wear everything Don't right, dangle you it really... to the bottom of that. 
attach it up behind that to the ring that surrounds your face. Attach your throat protector there. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be dangling back and forth under the bottom of your mask. It's not like a hockey goalie throat guard that wraps around. You know, they got Correct. those clear ones. That's a great point. Because I see there. so many guys do that. Yeah. Put it up you, under the, the throat protector you on have the mask a, should be in front of the throat protector you attach. Yeah, and if you have one on, when you look down, you shouldn't be able to turn your head down, you know, almost to, to 90 degrees. It's, you should be like, oh, my, my throat protector's catching, yeah. you know, t- hitting my chest. That's it, yep. should be, it should be rigid right there. That's a great point. Yeah. Look, and, I and, mean, and talking about masks, well, actually, it's before masks. Um, if, if you're having an issue with chafing, there's stuff like that oh. from shin guards, oh. chest protector. There's all sorts of undergarments you can wear, and, and, and those will help. But the biggest thing is tighten the straps. You want your chest protector and your shin guards to be snug. You don't want it bouncing around, flopping around while you're running. You want it snug against you. It, it, if it's not snug during the course of a game, it's going to slide down. It's going to slide out of position. And now body parts that should be covered are going to become exposed. You don't want it skin tight. You don't want, like, you know, red red marks and indentions on you when you get done. But it should be snug. You should feel like it's not going to go anywhere. It should move with you. It should flex with you. It should face the way you're facing. It should mimic your movements. Because... I'm going to make a bold statement here, Bernie. If you're, go ahead. If you're consistently and constantly having chafing issues, I don't care if it's... Uh, with with your shins, your your chest protector, your cup, uh, whatever it is, you're either wearing it wrong or it's the wrong size. If it's a consistent issue, you know sometimes right. you just don't get it in just right, and you're in a hurry and whatever else, and you didn't even notice it till the sixth inning or whatever. And like, crap, you know. But but if you're having a consistent issue with chafing, you either have the wrong size cup in, you have the wrong size jock, you have the wrong size shins, the wrong size chest protector. It's probably something with, or you do not have the straps adjusted right. Um, tighter is better, believe it or not, when it comes to like shin guards. I see so many guys and their shin guards move. Like I can, I'll, I'll be walking next to them and it sounds like they have boot spurs on. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think your shin guards are tight enough. And what happens is they sit there and move and rub, and then on the inside of your knees, that one buckle that's right below your knee just wears the hell out of you. And, and you end up you get you either get a blister or a big chafe mark there. Uh, it's because you didn't have it tight enough. Just trust me. Right. And, and I don't care whether you wear high socks, leggings, or nothing. Uh, if you have it adjusted right, you won't chafe, uh, or you shouldn't chafe. It's the right size. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we we may just need to sprinkle a little gold bond on it, a little baby powder. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, but if, but if, if it's the wrong now, size or not adjusted right, even baby powder's not going to save you. Now, shin guards and masks, we want them to be tight and snug. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But your mask, or your shin, shin guards and chest protection, you want them tight and snug, but your mask, there is such off. a thing as yeah. too tight. Oh, yeah. You want two things. You want it to come off, and you want it to have, you want it to be touching your face when you wear it, right? You shouldn't be able to look down, it just dangles. But... You want it to be, I guess loose is the only word I can put. Yeah. You, want, you want there to be enough slack between the mask and your face so that when you push it, 
you can still push it in against your face, you know, again, half an inch, an inch. Shouldn't have any. The pads should still be resting on your face. Yeah, and, but you shouldn't have a red right. mark from them at the end of the game. Right. And that does, that's two things. One, that's comfort. That's three things. Comfort, uh, you're able to take it off. And if you take a shot to the mask and it's got a little bit of give, there's a little bit of slack, so it's not pulled completely, you know, skin tight against you. That, I don't know the science. I'm not going to tell absorbs you the science. Impact. If you get hit, it'll absorb it and it'll disperse the impact. I mean, it's... And I don't know how it does. I don't know. The science is beyond me, but it does. And I know it does because I've had it happen. I've taken shots. And you're still going to... Okay, you're still going to get your bell rung if you take a straight shot and your mask is fitting properly. You're still going to... It's still going to happen. I lost several games. I got knocked out for the last half of a season a few years ago. I took a straight shot. It was a foul ball. The kid was throwing gas. There were like 12 scouts behind us. Uh, I, I, it happens. Right? And we're not talking mechanics. We talked about mechanics, but I mean, you can still be in the slot wearing the right equipment, doing the right thing, and you'll, it'll find you. It's going to find you. If an umpire tells you, oh, no, I'm, I work this position. I wear this gear. <laughs> I do this. So I'm safe. They're a liar. It'll, it's going to find you. You're gonna, you could do every single pitch perfectly all season. And every game you work behind is behind the plate. You could work a season of plates. No bases. Only plates. Do everything perfect. And you're still going to get hit. Yeah, it's just going to happen. I got, but I got knocked out of state tournament this year. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But your mask fitting properly is the difference between a concussion and getting your bell rung and having to take a breather for. You can even be wearing your mask seconds. perfectly, just just right, the right oh, cover, yeah. and you still get a concussion. But at that point, maybe be the difference between a, a concussion and a. And a deep bruise on your brain Brainage. or a, yeah, yeah exactly or even a broken face bone or whatever it may be so even there's even a chance that you can i mean major league umpires get knocked out of games all the time take eight weeks for concussion protocol uh, but they were still properly geared and their mask was properly sized yeah. and adjusted and and here's I, I wasn't even planning but on doing odd. this and i'm not gonna i'm not plugging a company here but i am gonna plug two guys Guys that I've that have helped right. me a lot when it comes to shin guards, chest protectors, face masks. Um, great advice, uh, great products that they sell. Reach out to them if you want to. But one of them is Matt Arcavio. I'm going to probably pronounce that last name. Um, he lives like in New Hampshire or somewhere. I don't, I don't know the guy personally. I've messaged him every time I've talked with him, interacted with him on on Facebook and, and other social media outlets. He's great, great dude, very knowledgeable. Not only is he a very knowledgeable umpire, he's very knowledgeable when it comes to uh, umpire gear and protection and, and all of that. And um, he, he helped me with the mask that I wear. I bought a mask from him and love it. He did a fantastic job helping me with that. And another one is Scott Kennedy. Again, not a guy I know personally. He's He's... Somewhere from around the southeast, I know, around, around me, I think Kentucky maybe or Tennessee, um, uh, but very knowledgeable. He is a college World Series umpire, um, D1 uh, regular. You know, he, he's he's up there, um, knows his stuff umpiring-wise, but he also knows his gear. Those two guys, if you're listening to me, you can reach out to Matt, Matt Arcavio 
C-O-V-I-O, or Scott Kennedy. Um, and they can help you get the right stuff. Reach out to me. Um, reach out to Bernie. Yeah. And ask the question. You know, I see it on oh. the groups all the time. Someone's asking a, an equipment question. And I think people read that and they're like, uh, come on, just go buy something. Well, yeah, maybe to get started, if you're umpiring some nine, 10 year old baseball, you can go buy that, that all star starter pack if you want. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, it, it will help you. But as you progress, um, it's very important that you, you wear proper protection when it comes to umpiring yes. baseball, especially, I mean, I, I mean, you can get hurt in a, in a 12 and 13 year old game these days. And so, uh, you get much, much outside of nine, 10 year old, you need to really be paying attention to what you're wearing. And, and I'm going to also, speaking of Scott Kennedy, he got me turned on to these certain pair of leggings. Certain company makes them. When they start paying me, I'll tell, I'll mention it. That that legging has an <laughs> insert on the inside thigh for a pad you put on the inside of your thigh. Oh, I know and the I'm ones you're talking you, about. They have the. Uh, the if you've never pads, been hit, yes. You if you've never been hit on the inside of your thigh from a, a, a either a foul ball off the plate that goes under the catcher, or a fastball in the dirt that goes under the catcher and that pops up and hits you on the inside of the thigh, that bruise. I, I honestly. Getting ready to give that bruise a name, the one that I got, because I had it for like, I'm not kidding, 10, 12 weeks. And this just nasty yellow bruise yep. on the inside of my thigh forever. And hurt, you know, hurt worse than anything. Um, and, and so found some, some pat. I've taken a couple shots on those. Pat. I actually just probably won since that time. It's not a very common place to get hit, but once you get hit there, you're like, damn. <laughs> and so, no, yeah, you, you don't so forget I'm telling you. I, I, and not only that, once you get hit there, you got to get back behind the plate. Your confidence is affected. I don't care what anybody says. It messes with your confidence. And no, so you're going to be a little gunshot. There's a piece of equipment out there that helps boost that confidence a little bit more. I'm all for it. I'm not saying that that's a piece of equipment that you need to go buy to get started, or if you know. If, uh, but if you have a spare sixty or seventy bucks, I recommend buying. Something with some inner thigh protection. Highly recommend it. If you're you're looking at at uh, some of these sites that that sell gear, don't look at. I don't want to say don't look at price tags because obviously you've got to be able to afford it. But look at reviews and do your searches on. This gear, that gear, go into some Facebook groups, go in and look at some umpires on TikTok and whatnot, because what fits me might not fit you. Uh, what fits a MLB guy on TV isn't going to fit me, isn't going to fit you. I can, we can speak to, and if you have questions, feel free to send them at us. We can speak to, is this equipment quality? Is it going to protect you? Or is it cheap? Is it something that they're just trying to make a buck off of? Um, but as far as what's going to fit you and what doesn't, sometimes... You just have to buy it, try it on. A lot of these brands are very good about it. If something's brand new, just like a piece of clothing, throw it on at the house, wear a shirt, whatever. Fit it how you want and see if it if it's going to work with you. Get in your plate stance in front of a mirror. See how it moves around, flexes with your body. Throw your uniform on. So once you game use it, 
it they won't accept returns. But I don't know of any reputable uh, retailer of umpire gear who doesn't accept returns of brand new, only only been tried on gear, with the exception of I think um, like athletic supporters. Oh, I'll they, tell you this: I, I have returned an athletic supporter that the bag was opened. <laughs> uh, oh, that's different. Yeah, the. Wait, no, the, you no, got it in the bag? I tried it on, didn't like it, I put it back in there, and they took it back. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I will tell you, one, I, gonna I'm going to, I'll, I'll plug this company, and they can pay me later if they want to. And all 25 of our, 35 of our listeners listen to this. Um, but Umpatire is, in my opinion, the best online resource. Um, not necessarily because they have all the time. They do have great quality. They offer great quality products for the very thing that you're talking about, their return policy is the best. Um, and, yeah. and that's why I like them the most. But uh, that's just me. My state requires us to, to get state shirts made, um, you know, buy shirts for this, with the state association, and, and Umpire doesn't carry our state. But we use uh, Jerry Davis and purchase officials, and I've never had anything but good yeah. experiences. Yeah, I can't those. get my state... Shirt from Umpire either, but everything else I can pretty much. So yeah, that's that's gear. Shoes, umpire shoes. Um if you're working the bases, black athletic shoes, right? I'm not gonna say these are great or these aren't, because I I wear Under Armour. A lot of guys wear New Balance, but I've seen guys wear Nikes, I've seen guys wearing Adidas, I've seen if it's a black athletic shoe and it's comfortable, wear it on the bases. Right? It does, you know, avoid stuff that's got the neon markings and the stripes. But if it's solid black or if it's black with like a manufacturer logo, Nike swoosh, the New Balance N, wear it. Right? I don't know a single association that requires you to wear a particular brand of shoe unless you are on TV. There are some that say if you have a logo and it's not XYZ sponsor, you need to sharpie it, paint over it, what have you. But... Black athletic shoe, wear it. Plate shoes, New Balance, Smitty, Mizuno, are pretty much uh, pretty much monopolized the plate shoe market. Uh, that's another thing you can't skip protection on, but they run pretty much true to shoe size. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about those. Well, I, I do see a lot of. Um amateur umpires not wearing plate shoes, wearing just regular sneakers. And I will even tell you at nine, when you, if you're just umpire nine and ten-year-olds, plate shoes, break a toe. Yep. For me, I couldn't no. afford it. One, I couldn't, back when I was started, I couldn't afford the, the doctor bills, but I couldn't afford to miss work. And a broken toe can put you down for a couple of weeks. Buy plate shoes. Buy plate shoes. It's, I would put them up there with a the chest protector. Yeah. No. You need. I will tell you guys this too. Um, If you've ever worked with me or you've ever seen pictures of me or video of me working, you're like, what the hell are you wearing on your face? This is where I don't necessarily practice what I preach. I wear a Wilson 3017 mask. Uh, I love it. It's a model from about 15 years ago. It's not the ultra light featherweight, doesn't feel like anything's there that they. Everybody wears now. There's nothing wrong with the stuff they wear now. The, the lighter it is, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad material. I've heard guys say, 
oh, you wear that old mask, yeah, because that light stuff, it's it's too light. No, I wear the old mask because I'm a creature of habit and taking dozens, probably hundreds at this point, of shots to the mask. And I love it. And I have two of them. Because when one of them eventually is time to be replaced, I have a replacement already. So don't look to me as an example for that. Newer masks, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you come across an older Wilson mask specifically, uh, there's nothing wrong with that either. I love, like I said, I love that model. Yeah, I mean, 15 years ago, um, it was that mask is too light and won't take the shot. Well, today, it's more of if the mask is heavy. It's probably more dangerous. It's kind of yeah. It's a, a flip. Yeah, the, I'm not saying that your mask is dangerous if it if it's heavy or if it's wire, but there's some hollow uh, steel masks. The, ho- the Rawlings did that a while ago. Remember the Rawlings mask with yeah. the tan pads? They had that hollow, and yeah. and a couple other brands did. But yeah, you gotta be careful. Um, I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with a good sturdy steel mask. Still, they still make them. I guess to wear them. Uh, the, I think the it's changed a little bit over the past 15 years. Uh, the light stuff isn't as um as or let me rephrase it the last stuff is more durable than it used to be oh yeah um actually probably more durable than the heavy stuff now i wear a magnesium mask and it is solid and it is light and i love it um but i just bought it two years ago so um before then i had one of those titanium and and then i had a solid uh steel that i'm Depending on the level of baseball that I was calling, I'd wear. But anyway, one thing you, you you brought up a good point. You've taken several shots with your mask. As it takes, sometimes it may just take one shot to ruin your mask. Yep. Unfortunately, uh, if it bends, if your wire frame is bent or a weld is cracked or broken, you need to replace your mask more than likely. Yeah, or at least be watching that area. Every time uh, you a take a shot, bend is not as critical as a broken weld. Anytime you take a shot, look at your mask. Absolutely. Right, you you. I if 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 some damage happens to my shin guard mid game, I can rig it up and make it work. A strap, mm-hmm. it hits a buckle on a strap or something like that. We're gonna finish. We're finishing the game tonight. If somehow a mask is hit just my mask is hit just right, a weld pops off or there's a significant bend, guess what? I'm going to my car, get my other one, or we're going home. Safety. I'm, my face is staying intact. But we can't tell you how to shop. We can't tell you what size it is. But please message us if you have any questions about gear, uniforms, where to buy it. You can you can can't talk. You can message us at balls.strikes.bourbon at gmail.com uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can find us Spotify for podcasters. I'm still, I've been podcast, I've had several of the podcasts in the past and it's been Anchor for years and years and years, but it's no longer that. So our Spotify for podcasters link is Because the anchor link still works. Fuck it. It's anchor.fm slash balls strikes bourbon. All one word. Um, eventually, that link is going to not work. They're, they're, they're going to deactivate the, the anchor links. But as of right now, that's where you can find the bulk of our 
content. You can find all our content there. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a couple of other platforms. But links to those platforms are on our uh, anch- our Spotify for Podcasters, which was Anchor. Even when we started the show, it was called Anchor. So um, messages through there, messages uh, through our email. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear feedback, criticisms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, rate the show, please. It's a feature that just came to Spotify. It's been on Apple for since its inception, I believe, but it's just it's just a feature that came available within the past couple of years on Spotify. Rate the show. We we obviously are hoping for five star ratings, but if if you're so inclined to not give us five stars, do it. But let us know why. Hey, you could improve on that, change that. We'd love to hear that. Um, yeah, we could go on for hours and hours about uniforms and gear because we've we've all we've each owned our fair share of them over the years. But uh, Josh, you got any final thoughts to add before we close this one out? Oh, I will. I will add this little tidbit. We didn't talk about it a whole lot, but the cup. Uh, oh, the protective cup. Um, I personally like the MMA by Diamond. It's the blue and black by Diamond. It's by far the best for me. I'm a bigger dude. Whatever I've had the Nutty Buddy, still have it. It's my backup. It was my primary until a couple of years ago. I love the Nutty Buddy system as well. As a matter of fact, I wear my MMA Diamond cup inside my Nutty Buddy compression jockstrap system, and so. Um, Highly recommend um, those two. Uh, wear one. Uh, when it comes to how to wear one, um, I highly recommend wearing a compression short outside of your cup in your jock strap because it will keep it in place. If you're struggling with your cup moving around a lot, I see I see a lot of uh, youth umpires, uh, quote unquote, yanking the chicken there. You know, uh, moving their cup around a lot, and that tells me that it's not supported properly. If you're struggling with keeping that cup in place, a compression sliding shorts style uh, undergarment over that cup and that jock supporter. Yeah, uh, that's my that's my farewell to you on this episode. I think it's been a, a great topic. Uh, when you mentioned this topic, I was sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, yeah, let's do it." I mean, you're you're right. We need to talk about it. But this is going to be a boring episode. I think it's been the opposite. Uh, oh yeah, great great discussion. Um, and it's, it's not, again, like Bernie said, it's not about buying the newest and best thing or the most expensive thing. It's buying what works for you, offers you the most protection, helps you look the most professional. That's what it's about. Because at the end of the day, we need to go home without injury and we need to be, be and look the most professional that we can on the field. And that starts with apparel and gear. And, and one last I'm not going to go into this, but look up an item called shirt stays. Guys, shirt stays will keep your shirts tucked in. They make them. Uh, you can find them on Amazon for your base stuff. They clip to your shirts. They clip to your socks. They keep your shirt pulled down, your socks pulled up. There is a company that makes them that clip to the top buckle of your shin guards to keep your plate shirts tucked in. Look them up. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Josh, it's been fun. Folks. Thank you for your time. This has been episode number 13, lucky number 13 of Ball Strikes and Bourbon Podcast. Umpiring and whiskey. We'll see you next time. Oh, hey, uh, before we go, Josh, uh, priest hat or no priest hat? What do you got? That's all I just want one word answer. 
<laughs> Mine's priest. Excellent, excellent. All right, folks, we'll see you next time.